This is episode 10 of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Kelsey Tucker. Absolutely. Um, and as music therapists, one of the first things we learn in school is how to be flexible. <laughs> uh, and so that is like, that has been one of the most um, useful things that I learned in school is to just be flexible and kind of go with the flow and even if it doesn't happen in the way that you planned the session or the way that you planned your life going um, you can't it doesn't help to get really upset about it in the moment you just have to kind of let it happen and learn from it You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I hope you are as excited for this conversation with Kelsey Tucker as I am because she has so many vulnerable and honest insights about what it's like to transition from high school to college to internship to being a new professional and how to navigate that, how those experiences kind of correlate with each other, how they differ, and things to keep in mind that maybe aren't talked about as frequently as they should or could be. So before we get into that, I just really want to thank everyone listening for supporting the podcast and being here each week to listen to these conversations. On the day I actually recorded this particular episode, a different episode launched, uh, went out into the ethers, and within 24 hours, so excuse me, I should say yesterday, technically, uh, one of the episodes went out. And within 24 hours, that one episode had as many downloads as some of the episodes that had been out for weeks. So that is so exciting that more people are downloading, listening to the podcast and getting something out of it, I hope. So thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out of your day to listen to these conversations. And I really hope you learn something. Also, people are engaging on social media, which is great. So if you don't follow us specifically on Instagram and Facebook is where we're most active, feel free to find us on there, leave a comment, leave a like, join our group. Um, I also try and post there whenever a new episode comes out. So people, that's another way you can find out. That's way people can see also the faces of the guests, which I think adds to the experience. I usually put a picture of them with a little snippet of their episode. So if that is something you're looking for, feel free to check us out on social media. 
Um, Subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss any of the episodes. And thank you, thank you, thank you again for your support. On the other end of this episode, I am going to read a review from iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I guess. And um, please keep sending those in because I, I truly read all of them. If you feel like taking the time out of your day to write a review, I really appreciate it. And it, it allows me to create a dialogue a little bit about what people are saying, what your feedback is, and what you're thinking. So please enjoy this conversation with Kelsey, and I'll see you on the other end. Kelsey, welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for talking to me today. Of course. Awesome. So to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I just started um, a music therapy, a full-time music therapy position about a month ago. Um, I graduated May of 2018 um, from Marywood University, and I completed my six-month internship at Masonic Village's Elizabethtown in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. Um, so it's been a wild transition. <laughs> yeah, this episode's going to be all about transitions. Yes. Yeah. So... How did you initially find music therapy? And you, you kind of told us how you got to where you are right now, because it's, it's rather a short story at this point, but we are going to go into detail on that. Um, so how did you find music therapy and decide that it was right for you? Way back in middle school, actually. Wow, that's uh, early. <laughs> yeah, uh, way back in middle school, um, I started volunteering at a place called Capital Area Therapeutic Riding Association. Um, so I was working with uh, equine therapy um, and just volunteering there. I was actually uh, working towards my, I think it was my bronze award for Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. And um, I just really fell in love with working with people. And I was very involved also in band um, and in chorus and things like that. And then, um, in high school, my, uh, grandparents were diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia. And, um, my mom saw something on the news about music therapy and she noticed that I was really good with, uh, my grandparents and, with uh, the children with disabilities at the writing association. Um, and when she saw that, she mentioned it to me, and I just started researching from there. And I haven't wanted to do anything else since. So That's awesome. Good for you. It's great to hear that music therapy is in the mainstream media. I think it comes up more and more where people are, you know, did you see that thing on the news and blah, blah, blah. So it's awesome to know that it also really shaped um, 
your journey, the trajectory of your life. It was that mm-hmm. that um, impactful on you. Yeah, um, it's also it's one of those things where once you learn about it, you see it more and more too. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So everyone kind of jams with a certain population you know we all have our strengths even as there especially as therapists I should say so did you or do you gravitate more towards the adults or kids with disabilities or more towards the geriatric populations definitely more towards the geriatric populations I actually when I first went to school I really wanted to work with children And then I started working with children, and it just was not, um, there's, it was just not for me. Um, There's such a different energy that you need for children versus older adults. And I found that I really just have an energy that works well with the older adults versus children. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's, um... When I was in college, I did a semester in hospice, and I had to be a completely different music therapist to go into that every day versus basically any other population I had been with. I had been with uh, geriatric populations, older adults as well. So, but even even that, you're right; it's it's completely different, um, and the goals are so different, obviously. And in a lot of ways, you know, you're not tracking for improvement. <laughs> You know, you're looking at maintenance and stuff. Right, right. And that's that's something so different, too, because I feel like a lot of times in school, um, they really focus on the improvement aspect of making goals and things. Mm-hmm. And they don't normally focus on, you know, older adult populations where you have to focus on maintaining versus focus on making progress. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So is that what your internship was in? And is that what you're currently working in, the older adults? Yes, for both. Um, At Masonic Villages, my internship was um, a huge campus. Um, I I worked in their healthcare center, so I wasn't working on the whole campus, but um, this campus was bigger than my college. Um, it was a lot different and there were um, I think about 200 people in their healthcare center wow that's a lot of people to serve mm-hmm. yeah um, right now uh, we have I'm working in a, in a smaller community and I like that a lot better because I can have smaller groups and really focus on individuals versus just like the group aspect. Yeah, that's great. And it's really awesome that you had personal experience in your life with working with older adults, found out that that was your preference in college and have been able to really hone your skills in that through your training and internship and finding a job a music therapy job that allows you to continue to work with the population you jive the best with. So that's really great. Yeah, I feel really lucky in that aspect. Um, I felt that uh, my college really did have um, 
clinicals in all different areas. So um, as long as you really found one of those areas that you clicked with, um, it was really important for me that once I found that, to find an internship in that population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that's that's really great for you. I know. Even I, for those listening who don't know, I do contract work. So I see a variety of populations. And there are days, like, I, I know what I enjoy most day to day, but all of the populations still interest me, you know? <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. it's really nice to hear that people, you know, some people, they, they just really have their home base. And that's great. So let's talk about your transition into college, into internship, into your first career position. Tell us about, we'll start, we'll start from high school to college. Um, tell us that story. Tell us what you experienced and advice you give for people who are getting there at this point. Um, okay. I had a rough transition from high school to college. Um, I really just expected to find my friends really quickly. And that is not what happened. Um, It was really hard for me to find friends, which is weird. And I think that it was because I was trying to, they tell you to get involved in things. So I kept getting involved in things. And because I was involved in so many things, I didn't actually get to know someone really well. I like, I knew all of these people, but I never actually got to truly know them. I knew them on a surface level. And I think that what a lot of people don't tell you is it's okay to just find one or two friends in college to start. And I think that's where you should should start is just finding one or two friends. Um, I didn't really have any troubles with my classes or um, with transitioning from like actual high school academics to college academics. Um, I really enjoyed all my classes. Um, I've always been kind of a studious person, so that wasn't really something I was worried about. And I kind of transitioned pretty, um, pretty easily in that aspect, but it was more my social life going into college that was harder. Yeah, that's a really Um, honest answer. mm -hmm. Thank you for that, Uh, because I think that can be overlooked Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. So did you go to school close to home or far from home? I went to school two hours away, so Mm -hmm. it was kind of medium. It wasn't too far. I could go home for weekends if I wanted to, but um, obviously it was the farthest I had ever lived from home, so... Yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming all, you know, most, if not all new people. Yeah. I didn't know a single person. Yeah. Yeah. But I I agree with that. So if anyone's going through that transition, you're moving, moving from home, going to college, feeling overwhelmed, getting involved is good, but also make time for that social life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe find someone just one person that you click with and start with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I, I know I already said it, but 
often overlooked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, did you have roommates your freshman year? I did. Um, I had one roommate in my dorm with me, and then it was sweet style, so I had, like, two sweet mates. Um, and I got along with them well, but um, it was just kind of, like, well enough to live with them. Yeah. Um, and then, finally, I did the one sweet mate actually became my best friend in college but it took us it took even living together it took us months to figure out that we actually worked well together because um she was very quiet at first and um she didn't really talk to me all that much so I kind of um overlooked her somehow for a few months and uh, then we actually ended up living together for the rest of college. So Wow. That's really beautiful. Um, I think that living with roommates is a really unique experience, too, right? Some people you can be friends with and can't live with, and some people you can live with but can't be friends with. So it's really <laughs> great that you got both. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think by the end of the four years, we were ready to not live together. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But it, it was really good for those years. Awesome. So now tell us about going from college to internship. How did you look for your internship? How did you find it? What were some bumps along the way? Um, well, looking for internships is just hard in general, um, especially for music therapy since most of them are unpaid. Um, and because of that, I was very limited to either um, internships that would pay me or internships around my parents' house where I wouldn't have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and luckily, I did find one near, near my parents' house. Um, but I had a lot of trouble finding them, actually. I found them through a different internship interview. Interesting. Uh, I know. Yeah, I was interviewing um, with uh, a different clinic in the area, and I was just talking with the music therapist that I was observing that day. And she said, well, have you tried this place? And I said, no, I haven't. I'll look into it. And... That was the place I ended up going to. Too funny. Yeah, and I think a lot of them aren't on the national roster. So if you, yeah, if you don't have a starting point, it can be hard. Right. Um, Pennsylvania actually has very few on the national roster. And it's my understanding that there's a lot that has to go into being put on the national roster. And that's why a lot of sites haven't done that. Mm. Good food for thought. So you stayed at home while you were in your internship. And we could go into the whole financial situation that you know everyone experiences as a recent college grad. 
given up six to ten months of your life and potentially not getting any uh, monetary compensation. <laughs> and um, I was kind of recently at the New England Music Therapy Conference and in one of the sessions someone brought up how that divides even further the socioeconomic and racial uh, diversity of our profession um, and doesn't allow there to be a greater diversity of individuals as music therapists because it's such a commitment that not everyone can make. So that's really great that you were able to find one that was in the population you wanted, close to home, heard about it through another interview, which is super funny, and that's a good story. <laughs> so yeah, that's really great. So what is a piece of advice you'd give to people who are in that right now? They're looking for internships, they're interviewing for internships, all that kind of stuff. Um, I would just say to even when you're in an interview with another place, just say, just ask them, do you know of any other internship sites around here that I could look into? Because music therapy, I feel, has that community aspect to it because we are a growing field and we all just want to support each other to get the education that is needed and to just grow our field. So even if you know, you don't end up going to their internship site. They just want to help you find the correct internship site for you. Yeah, I think that's so true. Yeah, definitely. So at your internship site, were you the only student? Did you have multiple supervisors? What was that dynamic like? I had, I was actually very lucky to be working with four other music therapists. Awesome. Um, there was one full-time and then three part-time music therapists there. And um, I was very lucky to be able to have so many supervisors. But at the same time, it was very challenging to have so many supervisors because they all have their own views and their own ways um, for music therapy and their own uh, just rhythms. Um, and um, so it was very interesting. Um, I was the only student, um, but they did uh, partner with the closest university so there were also some university clinicals happening uh, with my, my supervisors, but I wasn't really involved with that too much. And um, I had my main supervisor that was actually giving me a grade. I wasn't with a ton of the time. Hmm. I was assigned to one of the part-time music therapist, which was fine. We all communicated really well, and um, I was still getting feedback from both of them, which was good. Um, we just had to make sure that there was that open line of communication. Yeah, yeah, especially with uh, four supervisors and you as the one student. 
that that can be hard because yeah. in, in a lot of ways you could have become or you know the mediator <laughs> or not the mediator I guess um the kind of like the liaison between all those mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. yeah so what did your caseload look like while you were in internship while I was in internship I had about six one-to-ones that I was in charge of a week. And, um, like, by the end of the internship, we built up to that. Um, By the end, I had that, and I was um, running, I think it was at least one music therapy uh, group a day um, on each of the different neighborhoods. Um, so we, we had, each day was assigned to a different neighborhood that we had a music therapy group on. Um, so I was planning the sessions and, um, pretty much doing everything, just having the supervisor there to help me too. Yeah. So it sounds like a pretty busy day. Yeah, by the end it really was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. Awesome. So... Do you think that between your college education and your internship experience, did you feel prepared going into the board exam? Um, I did feel prepared going into the board exam. Um, I felt that I was a little unprepared sometimes um, in some of my musical skills, actually. Interesting. Um, I'm... Yeah, I'm still kind of struggling a little bit on piano. Um, And that was one thing also that I kept in mind when I was looking for my internship. Um, You have to look at your strengths and your weaknesses for your internship. And I knew that I had a weakness in piano. So I actually looked for an internship that used mostly piano to try and build up that skill. So that's another thing that... Um, students maybe want to think about when they're looking for an internship. Yeah, that's really admirable that you were looking to challenge yourself. That's great. Awesome. So now you're in your first career position. Congratulations. That's really exciting. You have your MTBC credentials. I do. Yeah, so that's great. So tell us about that change out of internship, or I guess, how did you look for the position, um, that journey, and what it's like in comparison to your internship now that you you are basically the expert at your facility? Um, well, we'll start from the beginning and trying to find a position. It's so daunting. <laughs> <laughs> when you first start, you don't know where to start. Um, so, you know, I did, I got on Indeed, I got on, um, uh, LinkedIn. I, I actually, one of the best sites that I found, um, was Glassdoor. Mm. Um, it, it was, that's where I found a lot of mine. Um, I felt that the search engine actually gave me appropriate, um, jobs because a lot of times when I would look up music therapist positions I would get a lot of things that weren't related to music therapists or were just like 
therapist. Um, and so that was kind of difficult. Um, and I was trying to, I limited myself at first, which I recommend not doing. <laughs> um, I limited myself to, to Pennsylvania, where I was from and where my family was. And I just really wasn't finding many things, let alone things in the population I wanted to work with. And um, then I started almost like I started, I was like, well, maybe I'll start just in activities and work my way up to music therapy. And that's kind of what I was thinking. And then um, I was getting really uh, frustrated and disheartened because every time I went to an activities interview, they weren't really offering a living wage mm. and so I was really frustrated because I was like I just went to school to get this degree and become board certified and now I feel like I have to take this job that's like the same the same dollars an hour as a part-time position that I could just get at the grocery store and that was really frustrating so I finally branched out I was like okay maybe I'll have to go a little bit farther away than what I am than uh, what I'm comfortable with and that was after I did that I found two places in Maryland that were hiring a full-time music therapist um, in retirement communities awesome and within a week, I had interviews at them, at both places. So um, I think I just, the lesson that I learned, I think, was to don't, don't, put, um, don't put yourself in a box. You know, do what you can to get out of your comfort zone because good things can come from it. Yeah, I think that, a lot of new professionals take those activities position or recreational therapist position and, or similar related type thing. And I'm sure many people feel really fulfilled and make the money they need to in those positions. But it seems like the conversation comes up a lot in our profession about that not being enough. Um, and that's great that you were able to see broader, see beyond your, your comfort zone, like you said, and find something that fits you really well. That's great. So do you think that going away to school, a comfortable distance, uh, prepared you more for leaving further for this job? Absolutely. Um, I had, like I said, I had that really hard transition to college mm -hmm. that I was just really homesick a lot because I didn't, I didn't make those connections up where I was. And um, I now moved um, the complete opposite direction of my school. <laughs> and uh, I just, I felt more confident in doing so because I now knew what I could do to, to make friends which once I got here, realized was com 
completely different than in college. <laughs> um, it is actually very hard. Nobody tells you this, but it is very hard to make friends as an adult. Tell us about that. Well, in school, you don't think about it, but you're forced together with people that you don't know because every semester or every year you have new classes with new people that you have to do group projects with and, and just work together and actually get to know when you're forced to. Um, and then you get out of college and... I'm now in a totally new place where I don't know anyone, um, and I really only know a ton, like a, a group of coworkers um, right now, and then my roommate, <laughs> and that's how I like those were the people I was forced together with, with was coworkers, and then I'm living with someone, and I'm at this point where I don't know how to go out and make new friends because I'm not forced into positions where you meet new people. Yeah. Um, I think it's fortunate that we live in the digital age and there are so many, uh, I'm going to put a plug in here. There's so many Facebook communities and like you can DM on social media. Here's the plug. Join our group on Facebook. Meet some people there. If you haven't yet, find Music Therapy Chronicles on Facebook, like the page, join the group, meet some people in your area, meet some people far away who you can digitally be friends with. But you're, you're so right that as an adult, it's really hard to meet new people, to find ways to connect with people who have similar interests to you. Are most of your colleagues your age? Are most of them older? What's that like? So it's really interesting because... Um, they're all around my age or like they're, they're young, um, which is great because then we can create that like camaraderie and those friendships, um, because there's not that like age barrier that might be there other places. Um, I believe that, um, the oldest of us is in our, our early thirties. And oh, then, wow. So uh, that's all pretty close got, in age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the youngest, uh, we just got a new co-worker that's 22. Um, and then I am 23. So we're all kind of in that area. Yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> that's really helpful. Absolutely. Definitely. Awesome. So I hope that that's going better for you than in college. Um, I hope that you're connecting with people more easily and everything. It definitely is. Um, I think, like I said, I was putting limits on myself when I was first looking um, because I was, there's just, it's so scary moving to a whole new place, Mm -hmm. you know, where you don't know anyone, you don't know the area. Um, I was getting really frustrated because I had to use my GPS to get anywhere and I was (laughs) really sick of it. (laughs) But um, I think it's definitely worth it. Yeah, that's great. Also really admirable for you for taking that leap of faith and going for it and trusting the process. Yeah, that's great. So do you have like advice for people going through that right now? Like a 
another piece of advice that comes to mind? Um, I would just say you are in a whole new place, but um, you're still not alone. Like all of those friends and family that you were with before, they're still there. You can still lean on them and still call them and um, just still feel close to them, even though they're farther away. Yeah, well said. So how does your caseload now compare to your caseload and internship and how did you adjust between the two? Like I said a little bit before, my caseload now is definitely more individualized because I don't have as many residents that I am um, doing these music therapy groups for. Um, But now on the other side of it is I am actually employed and I have to do all of the paperwork that I may not have had to do an internship and I'm finding that that is um, a rather daunting task yeah Uh, and uh, it's not just music therapy paperwork where I am I am also um, in charge of like admission assessments and um, things like that just for our life enrichment department in general and we just opened a whole new building. That's uh, exciting. Which, is, which has been, it's been very exciting. Um, we actually opened the new building, I believe it was my third week employed here. Wow. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Trial by fire. Uh, so that's been, yeah, that's been very interesting because now all of my coworkers are learning new things while I am learning the old things and the new thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's been very exciting. Um, we are transitioning from uh, resident-centered to resident-directed. Oh, um, cool. Which is a very exciting time. Um, so resident-centered is obviously doing what uh, the resident would not want and prefer and but it just has a little bit more structure. It's still kind of scheduled. Um, like things are scheduled at certain times um, versus resident directed now is if the resident wants a sandwich at 3 a.m., we're going to make them a sandwich at 3 a.m. So um, if, if the resident doesn't want music therapy at that time and they would rather um, – and watch a game show then we'll sit have like a friendly visit with them and watch the game show and we'll do music therapy later um so that's been a huge transition yeah that's a really interesting uh I don't want to say philosophy because you're actually doing it what's the word I'm looking for um <laughs> that's a really interesting way to do it like um right very, very holistic, very humanistic, which is something we, as music therapists, compared to some other professions, we embody, I think, um, potentially a lot more than some other helping professions. So that must be um, both a headache at times and really entertaining at times. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm very excited for it. Um, I think this is 
I personally feel this is um, a direction that we need to go into as just people in general, you know, because there's such that stigma Mm. um, when you get older. There's that stigma that you can't do this anymore. Well, why not? Yeah, totally. Are you the only music therapist at this location? I am not. Actually, um, I took over the position of the music therapist that is still there now. She got promoted to manager. Um, So there's two of us now, and she is going to sort of head more of the community groups that we want to form. Um, We're going to start... Um, a bell choir and um, a ukulele club and things like that. She's going to really head while she's manager. And then I'm focusing more on the groups and the individuals. That's really great on so many levels because you can divvy up the work. You also have some informal supervision kind of sort of going on. That's really great. Yeah. yeah, that was also kind of something I was looking for when I was looking for a job is, um, I mean, I, I was kind of nervous to just be totally on my own right away. So I was I, I was purposely looking for at least my first job. I would like to be with someone else um, that could give me input on different things or we can bounce ideas off each other. Yeah. Totally. I I agree with that. I think that's a great thing to look for in a first career position. So what would you tell people getting into that now, getting ready to go to their first career position, just started figuring it out? What would you say to them? I think just to, to know your strengths and to know your weaknesses and to you know, to, to be truthful about them. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to um, try and look for a music therapy position um, and they want you to be a concert pianist and you can't play, like, piano concertos, you have to be honest with them and maybe honest with yourself that this is probably not the job for me. Um, so just, you have to find that right fit. And I think that if you can financially wait for that opportunity that feels right and really fits you, um, I definitely suggest trying to do that, even though it might be really frustrating. Yeah. I think everything you've said is really great life advice in general, because life is full of transitions right? We're always moving between things, you know, hopefully not your jumping jobs and stuff, but there's always points in your life where things are changing. There's ebbs and flows. You're meeting new people. You're trying something new. The dynamic at the facility you work at changes. Like there's always something going on in life that to challenge you. And it's an opportunity to grow and step outside your comfort zone. Absolutely. Um, and as music therapists, one of the first things we learn in school is how to be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that is like 
that has been one of the most um, useful things that I learned in school is to just be flexible and kind of go with the flow. And even if it doesn't happen the way that you planned the session or the way that you planned your life going, um, you can't, it doesn't help to get really upset about it in the moment. You just have to kind of let it happen and learn from it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, thank you for saying all those little nuggets. That's great. So is there anything else you'd like to add to all that? Or are you ready to move into rapid fire? Um, all right. You can rapid fire question. Me. All righty. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Um, it was tea before I moved and got a full-time <laughs> job. Now it's kind of coffee. <laughs> I feel like that's very common. <laughs> early bird or night owl? I'm definitely an early bird. Um, I would definitely rather get up and get stuff done and then relax at night. Yeah. Maybe go to bed early, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That makes getting up early easier when you go to bed early. Yeah. Something you would tell your younger self. This is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I would just call them to look at the bigger picture. Because when I was younger, I really focused on all of the little details and I would get so stressed out over all of the little things that ended up just not mattering. So um, I would definitely just say, look at the bigger picture. Yeah, that made me think about um, traditional academia, middle school, high school. I went to public school and detail-oriented is definitely a way to describe it. And you feel like you live in a fishbowl, everything's so small. And then you go to college, maybe, or trade school, or even you get your first job and everything gets a little bigger. And then the next step in life and it gets bigger and bigger. So that's a good one. Yeah. Your music therapy elevator speech. All right. I normally just say, you know, music therapy is um, a lot like any other therapy. We're working on goals. Um, that are working on therapeutic goals that work on different domains, um, such as physical, cognitive, um, anything like that. Um, and then we use the music to reach those goals. Um, and I usually give just a, um, a little example, like saying um, we can work on motor skills um, by... When you hit a drum, you can move the drum up, get their arms up, or move it to the side to get them to cross that midline, things like that. Um, in just more of a, a fun way that doesn't necessarily make it seem like work. Yeah. That's a good one. Your favorite self-care practice. I think my favorite self-care practice is um, hiking. 
I really like to hike or just uh, where I kind of recharge is just out in nature, kind of away from things. Um, but one of my favorite things is just to, I, I like to just sit somewhere in the woods or like by a creek or a lake and just read a book. It just really helps me to refresh. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that for sure. What book are you currently reading? I go through books really quickly because I get free ebooks. Oh, I'm <laughs> jealous. How do you do that? Um, there's actually a, a thing called BookBub that it'll email you um, ebook deals. And a lot of times there'll be like at least one free one in each email. Um, and you can set it up to email you like once a week or daily or something like that. And that's awesome. I'll put <laughs> so that in the show notes. Of, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I've been reading a lot of um, different books. I haven't, I, I, I for, for self care, I don't really like to read, um, a lot of helpful books. I read, um, I actually really like sappy romance novels. Cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of time in the car driving between clients and I'll go back and forth between like a personal development book and a um, fiction book. And when I was going through Harry Potter, I just felt like my creativity just like skyrocketed, you know, and it also gives your brain a chance to stop worrying about your own problems and <laughs> think about the character's problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. You probably can relate to a lot of your clients with that kind of interest, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Something that is currently adding value to your life. have to say still um she's always added value to my life but um, my grandma is actually my favorite person in the whole world and she has just been so supportive through all of these transitions for me and been such a rock for me and um so she has just been adding a lot of value to my life that's beautiful uh touches my heart We're starting and ending this episode with her, basically. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session? Um, One of my favorite songs to use right now um, is actually Annie's song by John Denver. Um, I have found that a lot of my residents really know it um, and just really love it. And it's actually a great song um, for relaxation because it does have that uh, that three, four time in it. Um, and we have a, uh, we have a cool program called Namaste um, where we have a, nom- we, we've taken um, an empty room an empty uh, residence room that we have um, 
and we uh, turn it into like a sensory experience. Um, we have essential oils in there. We have um, we we dim the lights. There's also an iPod for someone who doesn't bring their own music, um, and you can do uh, manicures in there. We have like nail things and things. It's just like a sensory room that will bring um, maybe some of our uh, less our, our minimally uh, alert residents that might be on hospice or um, just that uh, can't really engage in normal settings, especially in the settings where, um, in the healthcare center where there's a lot of noise and beeping and nurses going back and forth all the time. Um, it's a great experience for them to just come into this room, shut the door, shut out all those noises, and um, just kind of have a calming, relaxing time. Um, and I will, like, I'll bring that, bring the Annie song to Namaste, and I'll just hum it instead of maybe singing it, just keep it kind of quiet and, and finger pick to it. And um, I, I've just gotten a lot of um, really good uh, feedback from, from residents and um, from experience of using it. Yeah, that sounds great. I need one of those in my house. <laughs> one of those rooms. Namaste. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So how and where can listeners find you, connect with you, all that good stuff? All right. So since I'm still um, such a new uh, full-time music therapist, um, if you have any questions or needed or want advice or want to just connect, um, you can email me at my uh, work email, which is uh, ktuckermt at gmail.com. Um, and uh, I would be happy to get in touch with any of you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. And I think that this conversation will really help uh, a lot of individuals at various stages, you know, even if you're in any of the spots we talked about, or like I said earlier, uh, any part of your life where you just need some positive reinforcement around whatever transitioning you're experiencing. So thank you so much for sharing your insight and um, making the time today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed being here and um I really hope that uh, some of these, this transitional talk can uh, help someone else or start a conversation. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to plug it again. Join the Facebook group, start a conversation, help each other out, meet some friends, all that good stuff. We're all here to support each other. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Thanks, Trisha. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I really enjoyed that conversation with Kelsey and appreciate her honesty about making friends, moving far away from home, 
relying on your support networks that are not so close physically anymore and finding different ways to relate to people, connect with people, uh, and not overlooking (laughs) maybe the ones who are closer than you think, like her story about her roommate. So I hope that wherever you are in life, you got something out of that conversation and can use it to continue to grow as a person and as support through whatever you're experiencing right now. So as promised, I have our review of the week. Kathy MTBC says, five stars. Love this new podcast. I am enjoying this new podcast by Trisha Coyote. Thought-provoking questions and lots of variety in terms of clinical focus. Learn about a variety of career paths and many ways music is being used to impact lives, which is so true. Thank you, Kathy, for your feedback and Given that you spelt my first and last name correctly, I'm assuming I have an inkling and an idea of who this person is. And Kathy, if I'm correct, then uh, your episode has already gone out into the world. And if you're listening and haven't checked out my episode with Kathy, please do that because it is super informative and um, helpful if you're working with any type of educational population for sure. So thank you again so much for listening to this episode of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast, and I will see you next week with another one. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. If you're interested in being on an episode or have someone in mind that we should interview, please let us know by emailing us at feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. Thanks again for tuning in.